Hey, this is Kat Kahn from Knoxville, Tennessee. And Tanya Rice from Minneapolis, Minnesota. We are grateful you've joined us. And we cannot wait to share with you the musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learn, laugh, and enjoy. And we hope you will share with us any of your comments or questions. Without further ado, this is Two Pittas on a Pod. So, hey, Kat, how are you? I'm good. How are you doing, Tanya? I'm good. How's life? It's good. We're getting ready to embark on travel every month for the next three months. And as exciting as that in it is, it's a little bit tiring thinking about it. Yeah, you are. Uh, you are destined for great places. <laughs> or something. <laughs> or something. <laughs> I still think it'd be fun to try to record sometime when I'm not at home or you're not at home and we're traveling. That that could have its own set of fun. Or that we're both traveling. That'd be fun. Together, like in Hawaii. Oh, that would be even better. <laughs> I mean, we've talked about it, but we just haven't made it happen. You know, anyone that's listening, tell us where you would like to go on a retreat with Tanya and I. And we would do like one master class a day and then go see cool stuff and drink wine. Where do y'all want to go? Mm. I don't know. We'll see if anyone's listening. Have you been to Croatia yet? I have not. But I, I want to go to Croatia. <laughs> well, that would be good. I would love to go there. Okay. I want to go to see the Northern Lights. Mm-hmm. Of course, you know me, I love the cold stuff and you get plenty of cold. So it may not be the top of your little bucket list. I mean, I would be <laughs> fine with that too. Yeah. I like, I, I would go pretty much anywhere. Can you see the Northern Lights from where you live? Occasionally, occasionally. Mm-hmm. But we were just up north when we were at the cabin and yeah. we could see the Northern Lights <gasps> cabin. Well, so it's not like a bucket list for you Um, Uh, because you've seen it, been there, done that. Yeah. I mean, it'd be different to see Mm -hmm. the whole sky lit up, (laughs) not just be like, oh, look at the northern lights over there, you know. We could also go to Greece because, I mean, what better, what more fun could we have than to do yoga in Greece on the beach in all the little pretty white houses? I'm not going to say no. Yeah. All right. So listeners, <laughs> you guys tell us where you want to go with us. Okay. And tell it, well, first, I guess, tell us if you would go with us. <laughs> it might just be you and I. But that'd be fun, too. <laughs> I wouldn't mind. <laughs> all right. What are we talking about today, Tanya? We are talking about psychological roadblocks, psychological traps, all the things in our psyche that keep us from getting where we really want to go. Absolutely. I was just going to say that I think between the two of us, you know how we always have this magic way of doing our research apart from each other, but then somehow it just all comes together. Mm -hmm. But I I think that we have plenty of topics and I'm both excited and afeared that it might be more than an episode. So it may come down to you hearing us at the end say, well, this is (laughs) enough for today. (laughs) Stay tuned for part two. Well, when I started looking Looking at psychological traps. I was, well, in fact, when we were looking at what topics we want, I was flipping through my Practicing Happiness Workbook by Ruth Bayer, and she has a whole several chapters on 
psychological traps that she talks about. And so I really just went by the four main traps that she chose. And the first one is rumination. You know, we, we all ruminate. I mean, we, have you ever been stuck in the swirl of negative emotions where you're constantly rehashing the shoulds and the shouldn't, should not haves or the, you know, I should have done this. I should not have done that. I'm sure you haven't, but most of the rest of us, <laughs> Tanya's sitting here shaking her head. No, the rest of us mortals have done that. <laughs> so most of us do rec recognize this circular self-battering process and it is rumination or kind of chewing the cud. It's, <laughs> I guess you can refer to it just like a cow is just constantly regurgitating and chewing it and chewing it, chewing it. And in humans, it really means that we're just repeatedly brooding over events from the past and it might be a breakup or a conflict with a friend or a family member or a colleague or wondering about someone's emotions or wondering what could have been if you had done this. Um, and you can go on for hours and days and it can literally suck your life away. And, you know, even though it does help a cow digest its food, what it helps us do is get more stress in our lives. You know, and it is not a good thing. There, do you remember when I talked about the book, uh, The Midnight Library by Matt Haig? Mm -hmm. That book, and I hadn't thought about it until just now, that book is pretty much all about rumination because this girl tries to kill herself and because she kept feeling like her life was a disaster and she got to relive every path her life could have taken and she realized she was living her best life. Mm -hmm. You know, and so we do spend so much time looking over our shoulder, wondering if the grass is greener on the other side instead of living and being in the present. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I just, you know, shaking my head that I don't do it because I literally <laughs> could tell you two nights ago I laid in bed and I did everything I could to not think about it. And I was chanting in my head and then it would be like all of a sudden the thought was back in my head and then I'm like nope you're gonna do some pranayama and I do some pranayama and then all of a sudden that was back in my head and I'm like why can you not get this out of your head <laughs> I was well you know and it does start out positively as a way for us to make sense of our problems it has a way for us to kind of go over things it becomes a problem when it's habitual and when it stops us from living in the present and it, it does help us though to explain why things have happened sometime, but when we can't let go of them. Well, and it's been such a long time that I've gotten snagged up in something like that, that I think it just caught me by surprise. <laughs> And I had even said to my friend the day after, I'm like, how did I lose all my tools? Just like that. Where'd they all go? I, <laughs> like, I literally have spent so much time gathering all my tools and now I don't know where they are. Like, what the heck? Well, were you feeling anxious or stressed when you kind of went through that? Uh, actually, a lot of times for the first time in a long time, I had some anger creep up and oh. I was like, whoa, where has that? Like, I've mm -hmm. done everything I could to sweep that clean out of my life. So I was a little surprised at myself. Mm -hmm. And then I think I just w wanted to beat myself up about it. Well, it, I've, from what I have experienced, what you have experienced, these type of um, psychological traps really do rear their ugly head the most when we are 
not in a steady state, when we are out of our norm, when or and maybe it's, it doesn't even have to be when you're mad or happy. I mean, mad or anxious or nervous or stressed. It can even be when you're overly happy. I have a friend that every time she gets so happy, oh my gosh, she goes down this tunnel of what's going to happen next and ruminating over all the things that might happen. And it's like, girl, honey, don't do that. That's a trauma. Because, that's a trauma response through mm-hmm. and through. It's like no different than, you know, we've talked about this with our cancer diagnoses that we can be running along headstrong and be like, everything is fine. But then we remember, oh man, we have to do that annual visit. Yep. Oh, mine's coming and, up. I'm going to need a Reiki session for that one, girl. Yep. And, and, and it doesn't matter how much we think we've done a really good job of taking care of our mental state. It still throws you because that trauma response just... Like you said, rears its ugly head. Mm -hmm. Well, and once we start on those ruminative thoughts, it's really harder to stop. It's like, you know, a snowball rolling down a hill and building up more girth and more speed and more potential for disaster because it just gains more momentum the more you feed into it. Yeah. And then it literally reaches out and grabs the things that you were balanced on and it takes it with it. And now, and now the things that you were doing good with. I want to make a, I want to make a graphic with all my other little things that I thought I had going sticking out of the snowball now. (laughs) Right? Yeah. I do have some techniques that could help with rumination, though. I know you're going to be so surprised at my number one thing. What do you think it might be? Oh, I'm going to give it a J. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Journaling. Journaling. (laughs) You know, I have a one of my health coaching clients that I train is really struggling with journaling. And so I realized that journaling is not for everyone, but it really can help you see the triggers and but and you can make it something simple. If you feel like, oh my gosh, I can't let go of XYZ, whatever it is, just write about it. Even if you only write two sentences, don't make it feel like don't feel like you have to write tons. But if you find that rumination is worse for you first thing in the morning or late at night. Instead of just lying there or sitting there ruminating, try journaling and see if you can journal about what it is that is causing that obsession. Also, another thing that can help is distraction. That sounds, you know, simple and it really is. You know, if you're ruminating, you're sitting in your house and you're getting madder and madder and madder, go run, go on a run, go listen to music, go get on your Bellicon and bounce your little happy ass off, you know, and another one would be do some yoga. You don't even need anything to do yoga, to meditate, to focus on your breath work. All of that can help and you can let go. And this one's a hard one though. Let go of things that you can't change because, you know, I was having a conversation with my mom today and she was just going over and over and over about something in the news that's driving her nuts. And I said, what can you do about it? Well, nothing. And I'm like, let it go then lady, let it go. Because all it's doing is making more wrinkles, you know, (laughs) because if you can't change it, then don't spend the energy on it. You know, you can change you, but if you can't change it, just learn from what happened in the past and let it go. And then maybe just trying to stop the thoughts. Literally, when they start boiling up, just say, no, I'm not going to do this today. Yeah, it's it's so much easier said than done, though. Oh, yeah, I I agree. And, and I'm not saying right or wrong. It's absolutely what we need to be t- attempting to do. But sometimes it's just like, uh... Well, then if that is the case, then you can schedule a rumination time, a worry time. Ooh, you really I can. Like you can that. schedule that. And you can set 
aside 20 minutes a day that you can just give yourself permission just to sit around and worry and ruminate over whatever it is. And then let that time be all the time you are going to give that energy and that power to that worry. And then once that, once your timer's up now, if you have time and this is for a lot of people, especially the people that tell me they don't have time to meditate. If you spent your time meditating instead of ruminating, oh my gosh, you'd be meditating hours every day. So if you schedule rumination time, whenever you get and work through those issues, then you know what? You can keep that time scheduled and turn it into meditation or journaling or exercise or art or painting or singing or dancing or anything that makes your heart smile, you know? Yeah. I like that. You can set boundaries, you know. You can stop linking small goals to big goals because that's one of, you know, we have this belief that when we achieve a big goal, that all of a sudden we're going to be extremely happy, that we have to succeed at all of the small goals. And we, a lot of times we just dismiss the small goals because they don't give us the big goal answer. So if someone wants to lose 50 pounds, they forget that two pounds is great, you know? And so they, they start really obsessing about they're never going to get to their big goal because the little goals are too small. But you know how they say, I'm just full of cliches today. Um, <laughs> the best, the only way to eat an elephant is one bite at a time. You know, you got to work through the little, the low hanging fruit, the little bitty goals first, you know, reach out to others. And bottom line, if you get, have a real problem with ruminating and worrying, you do know that you can always reach out for professional help and therapy and cognitive behavioral therapy definitely helps with any of these psychological traps. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with having someone that doesn't know you and know your stuff that will just let you talk. And sometimes that's all you need is just to have an unbiased person, someone that doesn't have any anything to do with you that can just listen because mm -hmm. sometimes they'll just say the exact right thing that you're like oh oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah. yeah oh yeah there is that <laughs> there is that right 100 percent. and now it's your turn i just finished rumination <laughs> <laughs> my second topic is avoidance you know this one is kind of sneaky because if you know you know the fight or flight response is our body's reaction to perceived threats. Well, we do this all the time. We just simply avoid things that fall into the flight category a lot. And this can really be hard on our emotions and our feelings because when we avoid things out there and we avoid experiences, we avoid the world around us, then, you know, we're really missing out on living in the present, living in our true lives if we're just avoiding whatever our perceived danger is because maybe we're wanting to avoid feelings of pain or I don't know fear and shame and guilt anxiety sadness and grief so but sometimes you got to work through those to get to the other side because the journey is more powerful when you work through hard things yeah. you know you get more out of you become more more deep you have more layers when you can work through some of these difficult emotions and difficult feelings so because we can avoid things for a short period of time but for the most part it always comes back up and yeah. if you and can when you get to the other side of it you can look back on it 
and you can see how much either A, you grew, or B, what a waste of time you spent avoiding it when you really didn't need to, you know? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, there's, it's both sides of the coin. It might be something really big that takes you a really long time to get through. But once you get through it, then you can look back and go, I did that. Yeah. (laughs) Look at me now, you know? And you've got to be changed for the better when you can face those. And a lot of the things that we don't face because it's hard shit. And, you know, to get through the hard shit really does make a big difference, you know, and if you practice being present, if you practice acceptance, those are two of the keys that can free you from avoidance. And again, like you said, that's a lot of times is easier said than done. You know, presence is that state of being here now. You know, we talk about being present all the time in yoga, you know, being conscious, being aware, being alert, being grounded, centered, balanced, whatever word resonates with you. And if you're like, well, I don't know how to do that, then work on your root chakra, work on a grounding meditation. Acceptance a lot of times means just choosing to open up and allow those difficult and unwanted inner experiences to just be let them be there give them permission without fighting and running from them yeah and it's interesting because you know you brought up at the very beginning of this number two topic avoidance was that it's the sneaky one and it (laughs) is because sometimes we have built such a fantastic story in our mind that we don't even see it as avoidance because Mm -hmm. we've built up this we'll say untruth in our mind that paints this picture of well I don't actually need that right right like we've literally told ourselves such a fantastic story that it's not avoidance anymore mm-hmm. it's yep. like we're trying to rewrite it even though it's mm-hmm. not it's not valid and we've made it part of our truth part of our story and that's why to your point being present but mm-hmm. truly present as opposed to living in that like fantasy story <laughs> and you know when you can get to that place you feel more you i always hate using the word authentic self now because every it's like one of everyone every woo woo person's favorite thing to say now but i it it does kind of sum it up you know if you can be present and connect to that truth within you you feel more supportive you feel more safe you feel more in touch with your thoughts and with your feelings and you can start living your your best life Just do it. Just do it. The third of four that Ruth Bayer mentioned was emotion-driven behavior. I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. When we're upset or under stress, we often do things that we regret later. And that's what we're talking about more when we're talking about emotion-driven behavior. So let's say Mary had a stressful day at work. And during a staff meeting, her boss criticized a report she'd written and gave her two assignments with impossible deadlines. In a tennis game with a friend after work, Mary could not concentrate and she missed several shots. She was so frustrated that she shouted out an obscenity and slammed her racket on the ground. Driving home, she became irritated with the slow driver. She honked and then she started passing other cars so fast that a police officer pulled her over and gave her a warning. And once at home, she didn't feel like cooking dinner. She drank several beers while watching TV and fell asleep on the couch. She woke at 3 a.m. and went to bed, but she couldn't sleep. And then embarrassing images replayed in her mind, shaming, you know, her slamming, uh, slamming her racket, speeding past the slow driver and drinking all evening in front of the TV. And then she got up at 6.30 and went to work feeling exhausted and angry with herself. And all of this is 
what we're talking about when it's emotion-driven behavior. So it, her whole entire day started filled with emotion because her boss criticized a report she had written and gave her two impossible deadlines. So she sat and ruminated over this and just let it affect her entire day. She let it eat up time with her friend. She let it affect the way she drove. You know, she let it affect how she spent her evening. And so this is, you know, this is very detrimental, very, and we all do this. We're all, you know, there's this one, um, quote that I like, you make me feel this way or that way is a self-imposed illusion. I alone make me feel anyway. And I know I've said that on the podcast before, but this, that is what this is all about. This woman got mad at her boss and she let the, her reaction affect everything else her entire day. And that can really ultimately make you sick. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. And I think it's interesting, like perhaps we don't make the entire day go wrong, but we can mm -hmm. certainly make the next thing go wrong because of the thing before it. Like, mm -hmm. right. And, and we do it all the time because we literally will carry something from this conversation right into the next conversation. Right. And usually we'll start out, we'll be like, oh my gosh, I just had this conversation. Like, boom, right there. <laughs> you just yeah. literally carried it forward. Right. Right. Like here, I'm not going to just fill my backpack. I'm going to drag it along and I'm going <laughs> to hand it over to you too and see if you'll carry some of it with me. Yeah. And while you have it, let's put some more stuff in there. Yeah. Hey, yeah. What, what do you want me to put in my backpack for you? And then uh, oh, you can carry some for me. And yeah. yeah. And you know, I don't know anyone that hasn't had, has, has not been affected with emotion driven behavior sometimes. We all have, you know, we all have that one thing. And then all of a sudden you look back and you go, why am I so pissed? And then you can trace it back to one little incident, maybe someone cut in front of you at the grocery store and, you know, or, or clipped your heel with their buggy and it pissed you off and you let it drive your whole day. You know, one of the main things that can help with this is again, mindfulness, you know, all of the mindfulness practices that Tanya and I have given you and you have in your toolbox already, because most of you guys that listen to us, you already practice a lot of this stuff. It's not new to you, but the thing when you are that upset and driven by emotion, the last thing you want to do is sit and meditate. The last thing you want to do is go out on a run or do a yoga class. But that's when, as they say, if you don't have time to meditate 20 minutes, do 45. When you don't want to do it, that's what you need because you've got to find a way to defuse it to keep yourself healthy. You know, or you got to take care somebody. of you. Or to have somebody tell you to calm down. Yeah. But you know what? If you're that big of a state, if someone told me to calm down, oh, girl, my red hair would fire on up. <laughs> usually, <laughs> usually my brown hair will turn red. <laughs> if someone says, I think you need to calm down. <laughs> <laughs> we were just talking oh about that gosh. the other day because it was like, mm, that's really not what I want to hear right this moment. No. But thanks. Thanks for that observation. Oh my gosh. I'm just sitting here picturing all the people in my universe that could, they just said, you need to calm down. <laughs> it would not be pretty. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, uh, just to bring up this side note is I know that most of the examples we just gave were, you know, ruling out of anger or frustration, but that can also be led by sorrow and it mm -hmm. can also 
also be led by loss and grief. And then it's a whole nother, you know, carrying that ball and chain around and, you know, maybe it goes right into that rumination of when you deal with grief and all the layers of grief managing that you just expect that you're going to continue to be hurt again and again mm-hmm. and again, and that you just process through the, the day that it's not even the example of I'm so mad I could punch somebody, but instead it's I'm so broken, I'm just going to assume you're going to break me too. Right. Yeah. Yep. So it's that defense mechanism that goes up. Yep. Oh, yep. 100%. Mm-hmm. And, and it literally can be like anything, right? There's a quote by Henry, uh, Robert Henry, cherish your own emotions and never undervalue them. So, you know, you don't want to, even though we say, you know, try to get over, I don't want anyone to ever think that, that we're saying that you need to suppress and not feel because, you know, you own your own emotions, but you want to own them in a healthy and a productive way, the way that's best for you, the way that you can best take care of you. And then I think we have time for my last one. And like you said at the beginning, this was going to be a two-parter and it's going to be. I think so. Mm-hmm. And then we'll move into cats number four, because it so closely relates to my list in part two of emotional and psychological traps. Perfect. I'm Kat Khan. And I'm Tanya Rice. And this is Two Pittas on a Pod signing off. Thank you for listening to Two Pittas on a Pod. We're grateful you joined us. Join us again for more musings of a couple of yogis. We hope you learned, laughed, and enjoyed this podcast. And we hope you will share your comments or questions. Email us at twopittasonapod at gmail.com. And like us on Facebook and Instagram at twopittasonapod.